Bring your own device. It's the latest mobile technology phenomenon. How do you make and support the business case for BYOD? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Malcolm Harkins. He's the Vice President of IT and the Chief Information Security Officer with Intel. Malcolm, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. To get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work with Intel, please? I'm a Vice President in Intel's Information Technology Group and Intel's uh, Chief Information Security Officer. Um, so I pretty much have worldwide responsibility for uh, pretty much anything and everything you could imagine as an information risk, security controls, or compliance-related item for the company. So, Malcolm, everybody's talking about bring your own device, BYOD, today. But when did the BYOD trend first strike Intel, and what was your initial response? Well, you know, you can go back and look at it um, actually from historical perspective. Um, and when you said this, it, it honestly dawned on me, you know, at the kind of dawn of uh, the personal computing um, uh, revolution uh, back in the early 90s, we, it wasn't a bring your own necessarily into the office, but at that time we allowed people to uh, log in to our network, so they were using their home systems to log on to our network to do work remotely. So, you know, in essence, 15, 16, 17 years ago, I could argue that we had a BYO type model um, though we removed that because of uh, risk concerns, um, you know, quite a number of years ago. But the new trend really took off over the past 24 months. So in those 24 months, as people have started to introduce their smartphones, their tablet computers, even you know, USB removable storage devices, how have you come to treat this phenomenon of employee-owned mobile devices? Yeah, so, you know, there's, there's two approaches. One, you know, is the initial reaction um, that I think is, is pretty common, you know, from a, from a risk and security professional where you see the risk and you, you sh want to shy away from it. Um, but we recognize that if we did that, we'd probably create and generate more risk for ourselves because people would bring it into the enterprise anyways, they would, you know, uh, connect it up in different ways. It would just be done in an unmanaged fashion. Um, and so once, you know, we kind of got past the, the recognition that we really couldn't stop that BYO trend, uh, we said, you know, we've got to essentially run to the risk in order to shape it. And so we started with uh, the small form factor and smartphones and said, let's figure out how to enable that for the enterprise, um, which we did almost two years ago. It was late 2009, um, really, when we started the first kind of pilots on that. Um, and then by January of 2010, we opened it up um, broadly across the enterprise. Now, you talk about the risks, and certainly it's not all risks. There are rewards here as well. What are some of the advantages that Intel has gained from employees using their own mobile devices? Yeah, it's actually been quite tremendous. Um, back in the late 2009 time period, we had maybe close to 10, 12,000 um, small form factor handheld cell phone devices 
all of which uh, Intel paid for the device. We paid for um, the, the cellular contract and the service and support. Um, as of today, we have close to 30,000 um, that are uh, connected in and employees are using. And that growth has primarily, 90 plus percent of it, has come from BYO. And so what we've seen is, you know, we've uh, more than doubled the amount of mobile devices um, and small form factor devices in the environment at incrementally a small cost to the company. So we've contained our cost for the most part because we don't have to pay for the device. We don't have to pay for the service contract. Um, but the employees are much more productive. Um, we're getting uh, feedback back from the employees that they are happy about um, being able to use their devices. Plus, we're finding that they are connecting in and checking for meetings, um, uh, checking their calendars. Um, they're not missing opportunities um, to help the business. And to be honest, they're also more reachable, and we've used um, the growth in the, the mobile devices when we've had uh, disaster events or emergency issues where we can get much more broad reach across um, different employees because they now have more mobile devices that the enterprise is aware of because we've embraced them. Malcolm, policy has been one of the challenges for organizations in enabling BYO. What are some of the highlights of Intel's mobile policy? You know, the, the, I think the big highlights of it are, um, you know, again, accountability. Um, we, we really want to make sure that um, not only the IT organization is accountable for providing, let's say, the right technology footprint on those BYO devices so that we can manage reasonable controls on it, but the, the employees themselves um, have a level of accountability um, in understanding um, the, the risk that that brings to the company, as well as to some extent the risk it might bring to themselves. As we layer a footprint on the device, if it's lost or stolen, we'll remotely wipe it, which means that the employee's data might get wiped out as well. Um, and so again, there's, there's obligations that, that we expect the employees um, to do to safeguard that asset um, understand uh, what the usage models are in accordance with our policies and our code of conduct expectations, um, but also, um, again, use it in a, in a good fashion. One of, the, one of the key items that we focused on as well was for hourly employees and wanting them to understand that if they are doing work on that small form factor device off network and not in the building, that they need to report the hours that they've worked. Um, their managers who manage hourly employees need to understand that by enabling that, there may be extra hours that uh, an employee might log. And so between the manager and employee, they need to understand that because it could count for overtime. It could count for, um, again, other expenses. And so that awareness between the manager and employee, particularly for hourly employees, is quite important. What have you found to be some of the challenges of enforcing your mobile policy? You know, I think the big challenge in enforcing it, uh, to be honest, is a couple things. One is, um, again, that upfront awareness. But 
one of the things that we did when we were shaping our policies is we engaged the employees in uh, kind of the consumerization BYO debate. And we hosted some web jams, essentially cyber chats, um, with thousands of employees across the company to explain how we were thinking about enabling it and get their input on how they wanted to use the phones and what issues they saw with the policies we were trying to put in place. So, you know, some of it is just that understanding and interpretation of what it means before somebody enters it, uh, and that's one challenge. The work differences, as I said, uh, particularly for uh, hourly employees um, and accounting for any time that they might be doing email or checking their calendar or responding to something. That's certainly a challenge that um, isn't necessarily an information security challenge, but it's certainly a enterprise risk issue um, that needs to, to be thought about with the introduction of this type of a usage model. And certainly there's the challenge of data protection and privacy, um, particularly privacy of the individuals, um, because it is their device, and we need to make sure that we are um, appropriately um, respecting the privacy of the information that they have on those phones um, and only collecting and using what we really need um, and essentially creating a border between that personal um, side of the device and the enterprise side. Now, as you mentioned, this has really been a trend that's developed over the past 24 months as the technology has developed. How do you expect elements of your policy to evolve as the technology continues to evolve? You know, I think there's going to be uh, a few different things, and some of it is going to be beyond just the technology evolution. Uh, in the privacy space and uh, in, you know, in some countries, even um, employment law, um, you know, the legal and regulatory environment, even if the technology stayed the same, the legal and regulatory environment may evolve in a way that would cause us to evolve our policies. Um, we think that we've uh, thought through that well enough that we have the appropriate way to uh, essentially manage those things. Um, but that's certainly one thing that's going to evolve that could further restrict um, or, or tighten essentially the border we need to keep between the personal information and uh, the corporate information. Uh, there could be uh, evolutions down that where um, from a, a, a discovery perspective, if there was an incident and we needed to get an image off of the device, if you know the legal and regulatory environment evolved where we needed the employee's permission to do that and the permission that they granted at the time that they signed the agreement wasn't sufficient and we needed to get the agreement at the time we needed to conduct uh, the investigation, that could certainly evolve some of our policies and practices. But then, like you said, as the technology changes and as the technology essentially has more uh, geolocation information, it has the device itself knows more about you and where you're at and what you're doing, and so does your service provider, um, that will definitely change how we evolve our policies because we'll need to protect the privacy of the individual but the context of where they're at and what they're doing and are they proximal to their um, laptop or are they in the building, there's certainly use cases that could add a tremendous uh, productivity benefit 
as well as trust benefit by knowing that they're in the building and you can grant them potentially more access to sensitive information because you know where they're at. You touched on this to some extent. What's the argument for employees bringing their own devices versus the company issuing mobile devices? Well, I think I think the uh, the argument for BYOD, uh, in my mind, is simply put, it's going to happen because everybody has them in their pockets today. So they're already bringing them into your enterprise. The question is whether or not they're hooking them up, whether or not they're hooking them up and, and taking information onto those devices in a way that actually is unmanaged risk, or... You know, are you just not getting the benefit of it and the employee's not getting the benefit of the device that's in their pocket? So, and I think we saw this with the tremendous growth. By just enabling it, we more than doubled um, the amount of small form factor devices in use. Now, I still think there's always going to be an argument for some company-issued devices, whether it be because we need full... Uh, oversight across everything on the device um, for data protection or um, other compliance purposes. Or if somebody's job category really does require them to always be on, always connected, always reachable, it makes, to some extent, a lot of business sense that the company would incur the cost to provide that capability. And so I think you're going to end up in this model where it's relatively mixed. For some jobs and some roles, I have them in my team. We have individuals that, you know, are responsible for uh, managing events and investigations and that type of stuff. We give them a company-issued device. We pay for the contract on that. We pay for the data because it's a part of their job and their work. But also, if they chose those saying, hey, I want this other device that I want to pay for myself, they have the choice to do that. But that's where I think it will end up with many companies, a choice where the company goes for work that's required. The company will, I think, likely choose to pay for the device and pay for the service contract. Everything else, it'll just be a choice of the employee. Do they want to bring that in? Do they want to use it? And do they see a personal um, benefit in doing that? Um, and then it's just going to be managing that spectrum across the enterprise. Final question for you, Malcolm. For organizations that are now or soon will be struggling with this whole concept of BYOD, what advice would you offer to them? Don't shy away from the risk issues. Figure out how to, again, kind of run to the risk in order to shape it. If you ignore it, you're going to have the risk, and it's going to be bigger than if you go uh, and be in front of it. I think the other thing that I mentioned uh, as well, though, beyond just the traditional information security um, or privacy and those type of control and, and compliance requirements that I think an IT organization and my peers normally contemplate, go engage other parts of your business, um, the HR team, the HR legal team, explore the wage and hour risk issues of hourly employees, explore employment law issues in different uh, areas, and look at it across the geographies you're in, um, because each geography has, ha has slightly different legal and regulatory requirements. 
And so, again, I, I would suggest that people go do that so that way they don't uh, encounter an issue because they didn't think far enough or broad enough about the risk considerations um, beyond just the, the obvious data protection ones. Malcolm, that's excellent insight. Thank you so much for your time and your thoughts today. You're welcome. Thank you. We've been talking about BYOD. I've been talking with Malcolm Harkins. He's the VP of IT and the CISO with Intel. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.